7.45 on a Saturday means it's time for another wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are you? Well, I'm better because it's a balmy zero. Yes. The, not yes. below zero. Having the heat wave. <laughs> I'm in Bermuda shorts if they still make those. I'm not sure if they do. <laughs> I think they do. You know, it's kind of funny. Uh, we were down in Florida a couple weeks ago, and it was... 45 degrees, and I looked outside and I said to my wife, I think they're terrorists out there. They were the tree trimmers, but they had scarves wrapped around their head. All you could <laughs> see is a little slit where their eyes are. And they had uh, parkas on and gloves, etc. I said, isn't that funny? At 45 degrees or whatever it was, at home people are running around the lake in T-shirts It's and true. We're a tough bunch here. Yes, we are. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? You know what we're going to talk about today is uh, Cahors and, more importantly, Malbec. You know, Malbec is a purple grape variety, and it's used for making red wine, and it's one of the blends, one of the grape bl- uh, to blend that are permitted in Bordeaux. And uh, it was very popular through the 50s. In the 1956, there was a horrible frost. And it killed most of the Malbec. And uh, Malbec was then confined primarily to the Cohors region. They still have a little of it in Bordeaux. It's strictly a blending grape. But where Malbec really came into its own was, of course, in Argentina. And uh, somebody back in the 1860s brought some cuttings of Malbec there, and it flourished there. Malbec is a little dark grape, kind of thick-skinned. And uh, requires, it's a little more sensitive than, say, Merlot or Cabernet to grow. So uh, it takes, and it takes longer to ripen. So you've got this wonderful uh, grape type that very few people knew about that flourished in Argentina. But it really wasn't until, oh, the early 80s uh, that the Argentinians really began to make... Malbec that was really world-class. The Catina family were probably the most instrumental in exporting this and getting the wine well-known. They, uh, As I said, Malbec needs a lot of heat and sun, and much more than Cabernet or Merlot does, and it takes a long time to ripen. So you, you need a place, for example, Mendoza is perfect. They get very little rainfall. All of the, In fact, it's fascinating to see if you ever get to Argentina and go to the wine country at Mendoza. All of the irrigate, uh, all of the watering is done by irrigation because it's a very arid, almost desert-like area. Except they've got all this runoff coming down from the Andes. They just have buku water, uh, even though it's very dry conditions. So everything is done by irrigation, and it's fun to even walk around downtown Mendoza. You see how they water the trees. Uh, it's a central watering system, and the trees are set in the ground with concrete around them, except maybe for eight or nine inches uh, for the tree to grow uh, all the way around. And they, you see them shoot water in there every few days to irrigate all those trees, because Mendoza is a very arid place, so they grow all this uh, fabulous 
grapes, but it's all done by irrigation from the runoff of the Andes. And it's a beautiful area. Uh, anybody gets a chance to go to Argentina, I'd strongly suggest, if you have time, to go to Mendoza. It's not only a wonderful place, as all wine country places are, you know, lots of good restaurants, always interesting things to see, and, of course, fabulous vineyards to visit. And the Katina family, which are kind of early pioneers of Malbec throughout the world, built a winery that's modeled after a Mayan temple. It's really in it was just unbelievable back in the 80s when they built it, late 80s. Uh, and today it's still a stunning building and has withstood the test of time, in my opinion. Plus, they make very, very good wines. But the Malbec grape is uh, a thick-skinned grape that needs more sun and heat than Cabernet or Merlot do. And the varietal that's grown in Argentina is kind of akin to what's grown in France. And as I say, in France, it primarily was used as a blending grape in Bordeaux. And the only place where it's the principal grape type is an area in the Mastif Central of France called Cahors. And they make wonderful wine in Cahors. It's just terrific. I'll never forget my first exposure of my good friend, Dr. Nelson, uh, who had come back. He said, Jack, have you ever had Cahors? I said, no, I never have. He said, well, this friend of mine, this friend turned out to be Prince Henrik of Denmark, I believe, uh, had a place there, and he brought the wine, and I, I began to look it up, and I tasted the wine. I thought it was delicious. I looked into it, and finally, eventually, within a couple of years, I got over to Cahors, and it's called the Black Wine of Cahors. It's in Cahors, France, and it, it's makes up all of the, uh, almost 100% of Cahors wine is Malbec. And it's a different kind of Malbec than we are used to from uh, Argentina. It's more intense. It's a darker wine. It's easy to see why it's called the black wine of Cahors. Uh, In fact, the locals refer to the grape as cut, C-O-T. And there are maybe 10,000 acres of Cahors vineyards in that area, and the wine produced there is just wonderful. I've had one recently. It's called Meteac, M-A-T-A-Y-A-C, and it's a Cahors, and you'll, if you buy that, and Cahors is a very modestly priced wine, well under $20, uh, but it's interesting, and the winemaking in Cahors goes back centuries to ancient Rome. The first wines planted there were at B.C., 50 B.C., and uh, so they've been making wine, and the wine of Cahors had great reputation throughout all of Europe, and it wasn't really till the 20th century that it kind of died off a little bit and wasn't such a popular wine because so many other areas of the world uh, with improvement in navigation, etc., were able to export their wines, and Cahors fell off, but it was a very, very popular wine for hundreds of years. And uh, in 56, there was a terrible frost in France, and it wiped out a lot of the vineyards, uh, and particularly uh, the vineyards where they had Malbec grapes, because they were more sensitive to the cold. And anyhow, but Cahors, 
just replanted the Malbec. But and in France, they or in Bordeaux, where it was again very popular, they just didn't bother replanting it. But uh, it got popular in the 1880s in Argentina. The uh, agricultural minister happened to be French, and uh, he brought some cuttings, and boy, did it flourish, particularly in the Mendoza Valley. You know, Argentina, there's about 10,000 acres of uh, Malbec in France. In Argentina, there's 180,000 acres, and uh, it found its home there. It likes the climate. It, uh, it's a little lighter than the uh, Cahors is, in my opinion. Uh, the, that is, Argentinian wines are much lighter than the wines of Cahors. And the wines of Cahors are all terraced up of, along the Lot River. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, the closer you are to the river, the less desirable. So you, there's like four tiers going up the Lot River, and they don't plant grapes on the first two. Those, those are for other agricultural products. But on the top two, they plant uh, lots and lots of Malbec. And uh, the really is amazing. That area of Cahors is influenced by the Atlantic Ocean, which has hot summers and very damp, wet winters, in big contrast to Bordeaux, uh, which doesn't have mild winters at all. You can have snow in Bordeaux, even though you see palm trees there. They, there is a lot of snow that's grown, uh, or a lot of snow cover in Bordeaux in the winter, because it can get darn cold there. They don't have that problem uh, in Cahors. But uh, anyhow, Dr. Nelson introduced me to Cahors, God, 35 years ago at least, uh, when his friend Prince Heinrich of Denmark had a vineyard there, and I was very impressed with the wine. I thought it was marvelous, uh, and it was all new to me. So when they brought the Argentinian wines in, in the late 80s, I had already known about a little bit about uh, the Malbec grape because of my affection for Cahors. Uh, and I'll tell you, if you had all the money in the world and you're looking for a wine that goes very well with barbecue sauce, believe me, you don't have to look any further than uh, Malbec. Because Malbec, I think, was just made to go with barbecue sauce, that tangy, sweet, spicy flavor of barbecue sauce seems to just balance very well with the Malbec grape. Uh, and as I said, it, you know, Cahors is the only place that I know where, other than Argentina where the principal red grape type is uh, Malbec. And uh, as I said, it was introduced to Argentina and it found a wonderful home there. And, uh, you know, people are growing it everywhere. Mendoza is a kind of an interesting place. It's, as I said earlier, it's very arid in Mendoza, but it's, they have a lot of water because of the runoff from the Andes Mountains. And so everything is done via irrigation. And, uh, you know, it's fun to see them uh, when you walk down central uh, Mendoza, how they water the trees. They, they kind of flush water uh, into the uh, pot or into the ground, the concrete that's around the trees, from all from the runoff from melting snow in the Andes Mountain. And uh, acreage uh, in Argentina, Mendoza, is increasing constantly. They're finding new areas higher up the mountains. 
that really produce wonderful Malbec. And as I said, if you're not familiar with Malbec, uh, get acquainted with it because it's a really wonderful varietal. And uh, the Argentinians seem to have perfected it better than anybody else. It's a relative of the same wine of Cahors, obviously, but, you know, different clones, etc. Uh, the Cahors wine of France is a little more intense. Uh, it's darker in color and uh, has a, a dustier flavor but that you wouldn't find in most of that dusty flavor in Argentinian wine. But Malbec is now so popular, they're planting it in the United States. We have uh, lots of new plantings up in Washington and Oregon uh, where the Malbec seems to be catching on. But I'll tell you, it's worth seeking out uh, Cahors because it is the parent or the grandparent of all the Malbec there is that came from this area and that French agricultural, he was French, incidentally, the Argentinian agricultural minister whose roots were in France went to Cahors and brought those Malbec cuttings to Argentina in the 1880s. And today we're blessed by that because that Malbec is grown even now in California and Oregon, Washington, etc. It just flourished. And if you're looking for something that just cries to marry well with a barbecue, look no further than Argentinian Malbec. And if you want to try its great-grandfather, look no further than Cahors Wine, C-A-H-O-R-S. And the, one of the best growers is Matayak, M-A-T-A-Y-A-C. Hmm. And try that Cahors. It's wonderful. Good deal. I know where you can find it, too. Any Haskells will help you out, right? I uh, love to talk about wine. Saturday is a great day to visit the vineyards of the world, and you can do that at Haskell's. We have tens of thousands of varietals, uh, of varieties of grapes and wine. And believe me, if the Haskell's hasn't got it, as Garrison Keeler used to say, you probably don't need it. But anyhow, Haskell's does have the best selection of wines in the state of Minnesota. And there's a Haskell's who save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior, Faribault. We have a super seller up in Maple Grove. In downtown Minneapolis, there's free parking on Saturday and Sunday. Minnetonka at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com. Excellent, Jack. Let's talk one week from today. Would you, you know, Denny, I'm going to just look forward to Me that. Me too. Thank you, Jack.